0: I don't deserve your presence or your love. But you gave it to me. I don't deserve the sonship that's mine. God, I don't deserve your presence, your love, but you gave it to me anyway. I don't deserve the sonship that's mine, but you gave it to me anyway. I don't deserve let the words of you, my King, leave these lips of mine, but you put a word in my mouth. I don't deserve a place to lay my head, but you took me off these streets and you placed me in your house. And so now I have a dad and now I have a place to call my own. Now I have a life to live and deep in my spirit, you've placed a song. So I will sing of your faithfulness. I will worship with my actions. I will dance freely in your fields because you've filled me with your passion. I will go where you send me because it's my greatest desire. I will form a band with my friends and we will sing and worship like a choir. We will say, holy, 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 are you Lord God Almighty? Because there's nowhere we can go to escape where you are. If I rise to the heavens, you are with me. If I fall to the depths, you remain. If I fall on my face, you lay beside me. Because you are constant and always the same. So I will worship with my life. Lord, tonight I'm sleeping on my knees. I will remain in your presence. God, I never want to leave. Because you've made me whole. You've made me complete. And for nothing other than who you are, I will worship and I will sing. It's because here in your presence, here in your love, here in your peace, here in your joy, here in your hope, here in your life, It's where I can find my life. It's where I find my peace. You came and rescued me.
1: Amen. Thank you, Tyler. Wow. That is amazing. What an incredible week. Hello, New Life family. How you doing? Doing good, eh? It's been awesome being here back in family. As we were talking in the office, uh, Uh, Pastor Mark and I were talking, and he was like, you just go on up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a family. I don't even need an introduction anymore. This is awesome. (laughs) I love it. You know, Pastor Mark, uh, for those of you who do not know me, I think most of you do, but uh, just an incredible journey it's been over the last years of working, walking together, doing life together with Pastor Mark and Miss Joni and their leadership over uh, just new life in this area. I just want to honor them. Would you honor them with me this morning? Thank you. Thank you for your friendship and your spiritual just pursuit of God. It's an example for all of us. And uh, they're just such an incredible blessing to our family. I didn't know they are an incredible blessing to you and to, and then new life. Thank you so much for standing with us over this last year. It has been a, a, a quite the ride, um, but you know especially um, these last few months. You know, my family's gone through some hard things, and your prayers have sustained us. And I, I want to thank you for keeping us in your prayers and, and uh, just God's comfort. We've felt that through this season of loss. And, um, and as we've walked through that as a family, it has not been easy. It wasn't what we uh, hoped for. If you've heard or saw on social media, we lost our... Um, our nephew and it was not the way we anticipated things to end and it's one of those things where we um you guys have stood with us in this journey uh many of you've written us and said we're praying for you and we love you and that has meant the world to my wife and to my myself and to our kids uh, because we do in this moment need the comfort of the lord for our family amen and and it's one of those we will worship even though we do not understand moments and you know and it's hard to to walk through those seasons, but we do in this world and and um and so it's good to have family around us, church that loves us, that stands with us, and you guys have done that, and that means the world to us. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Um, my wife sends her greetings, she loves you all so much. Um, a lot of you have told me that uh, she's just uh, somebody walked up to me and said uh, a little bit ago, "Man, your wife brought an incredible message on seasons, uh, and that it really, really impacted their life." And and uh, so I'll let her know. And you know, it's just really cool to do life together with a church. It really is, and and to see us grow. And you all are pillar partners of what we do throughout Latin America. This year, this week has been an incredible. Like just win for us as an organization we hadn't had mission teams or interns or been able to do much travel at all for about a year and a half, and this week we had four interns go down to Guatemala and they're going to be working all summer doing all kinds of outreaches with darren and um, and Mariah and you got one of your own coming down in June. come on and uh, yeah, and uh, so we are excited to be hosting her and you know then having the mission team come out here and serve. So we're believing doors are starting to open up and, um, and the network of churches throughout Latin America are doing amazing. The food distributions are continuing. So thank you. All that to say thank you for your faithfulness and partnering with HooverNet and what we do and for just giving above and beyond as a church. You are a global impacting church. You really are. And so thank you for being faithful to that calling As a church, God bless you guys for that. Uh, Today, I have a word that the Lord's been stirring in my heart. It really uh, was born out of this place. And I feel like it's for someone who's just walked off the streets, never heard about Jesus, and also for someone, sorry about that, um, and also for someone who maybe has been walking with the Lord for a long time. And, and it's going to apply, and I know that it's going to rock your world. It's going to bless you. But it's also a challenging word. I was uh, dead asleep, and the Lord, you know, he I guess feels like he can interrupt my sleep. So he did. And uh, about a couple, a few weeks ago, um, I was, all of a sudden, I just felt the Lord come into my room and woke me up. And he spoke to me very clearly. And he said, Caleb. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Now, I consider myself to be someone that has lived a life of following Christ. And so when he said that to me, it began to hit really deep. He was going after something. He was, he was trying to do something inside of me, provoke something that was still not there. And it was a challenging word as I sat there on my bed thinking over that. Again, the Lord spoke to me, Caleb, will you follow me? Will you follow me? And that phrase, will you follow me, is a powerful expression, a command, a, an invitation from God. Will you follow me? It's something that he spoke to the disciples right before they became his disciples. It's a, it's a moment in life, a moment of change. It's a pivotal, a pivotal position, a, a decision-making, a crossroad moment of reality. Will you follow me? Now, in, in Jewish culture, it wasn't uncommon for this to happen. Rabbis would gain fame and their teachings and, and their work among the people, and they would go throughout the cities and, and speak, and as they would, they would they would gather a following and they would invite people to follow them. So rabbis would say, follow me. It's a custom that they had. And it was an honor. It was a privilege. It was something that Jewish boys grew up desiring to be called by a rabbi and to be able to serve and, and walk after a rabbi. And so in that culture, this wouldn't be something that's uncommon. And so when we read it, it's kind of like this really strange thing because it's different for our culture. And, and you, you read it and you think, all of a sudden Jesus just showed up on the scene and here's these guys that they don't even know each other. And he says, follow me. And they drop everything and go. It, it seems so different than what is our reality. But I think we need to really consider and, and, and think about this. He, Jesus had already begun to, to gain fame. He'd already begun to teach. Um, if you read in John, John kind of gives a, a a clearer picture he was actually there in that moment uh, with Andrew when Jesus was being baptized and he got to see John the baptizer who had also began to gain fame um you know proclaim over this man Jesus this is the one and and Jesus is starting to gain recognition there's healings happening in miracles and so Peter would have heard of him Andrew would have heard of him uh, John would have heard of him. And, and, it, and there's this moment where they come together and all of a sudden, Jesus says, follow me. Matthew chapter four, verse 17. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. Matthew four, verse 18. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two true brother, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And there's this moment of interruption, this moment where Jesus calls them. And if you go on a few chapters later, Jesus walks by a tax booth and he looks up to it and he says, follow me to a man named Matthew. And there's this encounter and he drops everything and follows. And a few chapters later, you see Simon saying, Jesus calling him and saying, follow me. And one disciple after another, there's this real moment where Jesus looks them in the eye and says, follow me. It's the call. It's that moment of the calling of God on your life. Have you experienced that in your life? That moment of calling where all of a sudden you know God is pursuing you and there's nowhere you can hide. (laughs) Right? There's nowhere you can go. And God is pursuing you because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. It's a call, a call to follow him. And it's a blessing. That call is a tremendous blessing. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's literally, can you believe these these uneducated men, young men, uneducated, Yeah, at the end of their story, if you read in Acts, they're spoken of. These are the ones that hung out with Jesus. They, the way they talk, the way they are, they had been refined by a process of following Jesus. A deep following, they had been transformed. There's a blessing to following Jesus. The call produces a blessing. Can you say blessing? Imagine walking with the God of, walking with God of the universe all-powerful, all-knowing. This isn't your, your average rabbi. This is the Son of God calling these men. And as they walked with him, all of a sudden, all of God's provision was upon them, the blessing. The voice of God was in their ear, the blessing. The leading of God was before them, the blessing. See, when, when Jesus says, follow me, he releases a blessing over that reality over our lives. It's a a call that releases the provision and the goodness of God over us. When we we know that follow me leads us to a place of blessing, that should encourage us. Because sometimes it's a little scary, that phrase, follow me. It can produce this sense of letting go, of, of, you know, I want my life to be under control. I'd like to do things. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to live my life. I want to do the things I want to do. And so that phrase, follow me, can evoke a sense of letting go. And that can be scary. But it comes with the blessing. See, when Jesus says, follow me, he's saying, I will lead you. I will lead you. I will go before you. I will go before you. And you know what? He is the alpha and the omega. He was there when everything was created, he is here now, and he will be there in the end. And so when he says, I will lead you, he's saying, I will, I will help you walk through eternity. I will get you there. I will get you where you need to be. I'm going to go before you. Psalms 23 says, I will lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. See, he goes before us. He knows what you were created for. He knows your purpose. He knows what you were destined for. And so it's not just a thing of eternity. It is a day-to-day blessing to have our maker walking before us and positioning ourselves behind him. See, I will lead and we will follow. It is a response. And another blessing to, to following is the reality that he speaks, he speaks, his voice was in the disciples ears, they got to hear, hear what he was saying, and today I have news for you, today he is speaking as clear as he was speaking back then. God is a God with, with a very active voice. He speaks, he, he trumpets, his voice trumpets, the Bible says, he declares. He, he speaks clearly his will. I'll never for, forget the pursuit in my life. I had heard my father you know, say over and over again, the Lord says this, the, God is speaking this to me. It, you know, in his missionary walk and just in his obedience to the Lord, he would say that as a kid, I remember him saying that over and over again. God is saying this to me, and I would be like, what is that? I don't even get, what is he, you know, how does that happen? How does God speak? What is he saying? How do I get that? You know, how do I get to hear what God is saying? And, and my journey as I gave my life to the Lord as a 13-year-old boy, like, the, the highest pursuit of my life was, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to I know when you're speaking. I want to know what you're saying. John chapter 10 is very clear. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. There's this interactive reality and they follow me. See, The blessing of following God is that we have this intimate relationship where he's speaking. So as a 14-year-old boy, I was like, God, I want this, I want this. Began to pray and fast and seek the word and just, you know, get in that position to hear and nothing and nothing. I was like, man, this is so frustrating. How do I know when God is speaking? And then, you know, but I didn't give up. There was a perseverance because, you know what, God is always speaking. Sometimes it's just the reality of, of not being used to what he sounds like knowing what he's saying. And and it takes this practice of positioning ourselves to listen because really the only time we don't hear him is when we're not listening. You know, I was at a conference recently in Relay Bayside and uh, Chris Hodges was speaking, an incredible pastor in Alabama, and he said something that blew my mind. He said, you know, if you're not hearing from the Lord, you know, every two to three days, if three days go by, and, and you haven't heard from the Lord, then something's off in your life. And that blew me away because how many days, weeks, months go by, and we don't know what the Lord is saying for us, for our life, like a direct line reality where he's speaking to you. And, and it, should, it should concern us that when God is speaking all the time, we're not hearing what he's saying. And I love my grandfather would always ask me, what is God saying to you today? What is God saying to you today? Can you say, can you speak what he's saying? Do you know what he's speaking? See, the blessing of the calling, the blessing of following God is that you position yourself to hear what he's saying. You, he's speaking over your life. You know, Peter was called. He's, he's taken from this, this arena of life now he's a disciple and he's starting to walk with jesus following him he's rubbing shoulders he's seeing miracles he's seeing the healings of god the provision of god the voice of god in his his ear there's a very a transformation happening in him and then all of a sudden jesus starts saying these things that are really hard and this is this is this is where it gets real and um As I started studying this, because the Lord spoke to me and said, Caleb, follow me. I I dove into the word and the gospels and just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I started looking it up and discovering what does Jesus truly mean when he says, follow me. And I began to discover that there is a lot to this. He says it over and over and over and over again. I encourage you to study, take in your own time. But what I came to the conclusion in this reality of follow me is that, Although it is amazing and it's an incredible privilege. And there's a phenomenal blessing to this phrase. There is also an incredible cost. The cost. When Jesus comes and he says, follow me, there is a very real cost to that. It is not an easy thing. It is not something that, that is enjoyable. In fact, he, he makes it very clear. He's like, you know if you want to follow me, there's some things you have to do. And if you would think he was trying to get followers, you would think these are not the things he would say. Because he becomes pretty brutal. I mean, he, he starts saying things like this. He says in Matthew 8, you'll follow me. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And there's this kind of like shock and awe, like, Why would you say that? That doesn't seem in your nature, God. And in in various occasions, if we skip forward, you can see in Luke 9, 57 through 62, this really interesting encounter between people that are trying to follow him and and are working with him and and are starting to see the miracles and the wonders. And there's this drawing, they're seeing something, the glory of God on on this person, Jesus. And they're wanting to pursue and wanting the blessing and wanting to be a part of that. And and all of a sudden, Jesus turns around and says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you. So they're now, man, people are wanting it, right? (laughs) And they're wanting, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, you know what? Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And then he said to another, follow me. Jesus is calling this person, He says, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, my son's here, Elijah, right over here. Traveled in yesterday. Awesome guy. And, um, you know, if he was like, if I had died and he was wanting to bury me and Jesus was like, no, follow me. I mean, that's a very awkward reality. Of, of, of an expression, and it, it would almost seem like it's mean. Why is Jesus speaking this? Why is he saying this? It's like almost like he's pushing on something. He goes on and he says, Lord, I will follow you. Another one says, I will follow you, but let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand on the plow And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. There's this really heavy expression. And Jesus begins speaking about this positioning of our heart. And Jesus is speaking, you know, we read it and it seems out of his nature, but he's speaking about priority. He's speaking in a parable He's using things that are so important in their culture, bearing their father, saying goodbye to their family. You know, another, one of, another man that wants to follow him, and he says, what should I do? And he's he, he, I, I obey all the commandments, and what should I do? And, and Jesus said, well, you're lacking in one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And the dude is like, uh, you know. All of these things that are like not, Bad things, very, you know, interacting with family, saying goodbye, you know, earning a living, and, and you know, treasures that we, we have. And all of these things, Jesus confronts and speaks and says, you know what? It's about the positioning of your heart and he's he's positioning us saying this is the cost this is what it takes to be able to walk into that type of blessing to to be able to follow me it's to say i am the most important thing in your life there is nothing else no one else that matters more than him and when you can say that and live it out and truly breathe that and say, no matter what you say, God, that is what goes. Even though I'm not comfortable, I don't like it, it's, it's difficult. I will follow you. And that positioning, that cost is very hard. You know, Peter, as he began to journey down you know, and, and he's walking and he's seeing the blessing and he paid the cost. I mean, he began, he left his home. He left his, you know, he, he responded to the calling. He, he walked with Jesus. He followed. I mean, he did all the stuff. And, and in this journey that he's on with Jesus, seeing all of these things, following the master. There comes a crisis, a moment, a crossroads in his life where it truly is difficult to do what jesus is doing and it's the garden of gethsemane moment that place where the where jesus had said earlier if you desire to follow me you have to deny yourself take up my your cross and follow me and there's this very real sacrifice this very real laying down of myself, denying who I am, taking up the cross and pursuing him. And Peter's face in this moment as soldiers are coming in and taking Jesus and then they drag him off and at first he tries to fight it. He's the leader among the disciples. I mean, there's this very real loyalty that he has for Christ. He's a follower through and through. Yet in this moment, he knowing who Jesus was, he walks through a season where he fulfills Jesus' prophecy and he denies Christ three times. And in that crossroad moment of following Jesus, he falls. He falls. He falls. And he values his life more than following Jesus. And this, this, the cost was too heavy for him in that moment. And we've all walked there. We've all gone to that place where, yes, Jesus came to us and said, follow me. And there's a calling on your life, a purpose, a a God-given destiny over you. And it's led by him when he said, follow me. And you pursued that and you saw the blessing of that. And there's things that you gave up and the cost and you were willing to lay down. And then all of a sudden we're faced with the cost where it really, really is skin in the game. And that's, I can't say what I want to say, you know? Because God wouldn't say that. Or I'm going to go where I wouldn't normally go because God is calling me to go. Or I'm going to give of myself in a way that I... I don't normally do, it; it's uncomfortable, but Jesus is asking me to do this. And you begin to face this, this battle, this crossroad. And Peter falls. And I want to take you to the end of his journey with Jesus, John, and John 21 says something amazing. There's this interaction. You know, Jesus dies alone. You know, his disciples abandon him. And you know, just like you and I have abandoned Christ in moments where he asked us for obedience, where we've gone our own ways, Peter finds himself distraught, there's a reality, he knows what he's done. There's a deepness of brokenness in him. And what does he do? He goes fishing. <laughs> he goes back to you know three years before, two years before. And he goes back to, to what he was doing before he was called, before Jesus came to him and said, follow me. And he's lost, honestly, he's just lost. And the disciples are following after him because he's the leader. And there's several there and they're taking off their ministerial clothes, right? they've taken up they're putting on their fisherman clothes and they're on the boat and he's just sitting there lost and there's a very real brokenness in him and Jesus just shows up at the bank and they don't know it's him and the same exact situation begins to unfold when Jesus calls us there's there's a way that this becomes a reality in our life and this is the way right here Jesus said to them, verse 12, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. It was this, he had a new image, a resurrected body. And Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise the fish, verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And here's where it gets good. Verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter... Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. It starts, something is starting to happen. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, Do you love me? And he said to him, you know, he said, Peter was grieved, it says, because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now check this part out. Most assuredly, Jesus says to Peter, I say to you, Peter, When you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked wherever you wanted, wherever you wished you went about. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he told him, follow me. And everything is birthed again. And Peter, see, God is the God of second chances. In the following, in the call, in in this moment where you had a, this "Follow Me" moment with God, that was very real. And you've walked through life, and there have been moments where you've denied denied that call when God spoke His direction and His obedience over your life, and you know asked something from you, and it's just wandering away from where He's at. And He was wanting to lead you into a blessing. And yes, the cost is very high. And it, But Jesus doesn't hold back because He knows that unless you totally surrender, unless you totally go there and make Him the first in your life, there's no way that He can be the all in your life. And the only way you can have all of what He has for you is if He is the all in your life. Amen? And so as you face that reality, if there's areas in your life you're not willing to surrender, then there's two masters in your life. And when there's two masters in your life, then there's confusion. There's brokenness. There's lack of peace. There's, it, it becomes very unclear as to what we should do and how we should act and how we should speak. And, and there becomes this confusion in our mind and in our soul. A lost reality. And as Peter is sitting there going back to who you used to be that is where a lot of times we come to when we when we don't allow our creator to be the master of our soul my question for you today is who is the master of your soul who has your heart God wants to I mean just pour out his kingdom on everything he has for you what happens in this interaction between Peter and Jesus is that they found their love their love Peter, Jesus asked him directly this question because Peter knew that Jesus loved him And he's reminding him to respond and open up and and say, you know what? I do love you, Jesus. And I failed, but I love you. And Jesus does it over and over again. And he's just getting him to confess again. And remember this intimate walk they have that they followed. And they walked together. They rubbed shoulders. They, They did things together. And he was good to him. And, and it's expression, I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it just begins to burn in him. And he, it opens up and renews that trust. You see, Jesus' love is pure. There is no evil motive in his love. There's no selfish intention in his love. He, he really does desire to bring about the best for eternity in your life and when we love Him and we recognize that love that He has for us then that trust builds that ability to say you know what, I'm willing to leave it all to go wherever, to say whatever do whatever Jesus because I love you I love you I love you no matter how far you might be from Him this morning Jesus is asking you do you love me do you love me because you know he loves you you know that I'm going to invite our team I want us to stand up and I'm going to invite our team to be up here in front and we're believing God for a powerful moment right now imagine a church imagine a, 200 people that say I will radically follow you Jesus Jesus your voice, when you speak, what you say, where you go, Jesus. You know, that's, that's what I will speak. That's what I will do. That's where I will go. Things become very simple when our focus becomes singular. And when we align our life to honor the Lord and follow him and say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you, then the confusion and the the lack of peace, the lack of purpose, that sense of, I just feel like it's not going right in my life. I haven't heard God in weeks, months, maybe years. And Jesus is here saying, follow me. I am the God of second chances. I'm the God of restoration that has a plan for your life. And I am good. I am good. As you close your eyes, let's just, let's press into the Lord this moment. And we're gonna open up this altar because I believe God wants to invite you to follow Him. And it's gonna take a step. And I want you guys to come out of your seats and say, you know what? I'm gonna take a step today I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him more. See, there's areas where where we might still have other masters in our life. And Jesus is saying, that has to go. And this is that follow me moment where Jesus is saying, I love you. Do you love me? And we're going to. I'm going to invite you right now. If you feel this word is for you, our guys here, our team wants to pray and agree with you and believe God for breakthrough, for clarity, for all confusion and fear to be broken off of your life so you can step into what he has for you, that everything that has been separating you from God would be able to fall, that, that you could truly step in to what he has by following Him. So would you do that? If you feel this word just stirring your heart, step out right now and follow Him. Just step out in a faith and obedience and say, here I am. I will follow you. I will follow you anywhere. Anywhere. I will follow you. I am yours. I will follow you, God. I will follow you. Follow me. Jesus is saying to your heart. And it... It really is all the difference. It's the positioning of your heart. See, what God was trying to do with me in that morning in that bed was position my heart to be able to hear whatever He wanted to say. Go wherever He wants me to go. Do whatever He wants me to do. And it's a positioning of our heart. And as we position our hearts, then we're able to walk in that. And I declare that fear will be broken off of your life. The doubt is, is God truly going to come through for me? Will be broken off of your life right now. The fear will be broken off of your life right now. It is an honor to follow in the footsteps of the master. It is a privilege. And today, everything that is not of the Lord, we just pray that that would be broken off of your life. If you're willing today to say, I'm willing to pay the cost I'm willing to pay the cost to, to really take this seriously and say, God, no matter what you ask, I'm willing to pay the cost to walk in your, with you, to rub shoulders with you, to follow after you. Just step out of your seat right now and say, no matter the cost, God, I will, I will follow you. You are good. You are faithful. are faithful. Your promises are true. Your promises are true for us. We can trust you, God. You see, sometimes promises have been broken in your life by people around you, but God will never break His promises to you. He will lead you into green pastures. He will quiet your soul. The Bible says, He will go before you. You shall not want. He will make you lie down in green pastures. He will lead you beside the still waters. He will restore your soul. He will lead you by paths of righteousness. And yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For he will comfort you. His rod and his staff will be with you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup will run over. His goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in his house forever. That is the goodness of the Lord over you. This place is open. I encourage you to step out. We're going to be praying. Take that step and say, God, here I am. I, I choose to trust you. I choose to respond to your word to your second chances over my life you are a good god you are a faithful lord you are so faithful you are so faithful god you're so faithful see it bothered peter because he knew he was not okay and he had to surrender he had to remember he was loved you had to surrender to that love. Trust that love. Trust that space. You're loved. You are 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 loved. Jesus, would you just right where you are begin to worship Him? Just. Let's let's allow the Holy Spirit, the moment, His presence to encourage us, to build us up right now. It is an honor, it is a privilege to follow after you, Jesus. Would you just raise your hands and surrender to Him? Just say, I follow you, Jesus. I will follow you, Jesus. Speak over us. Speak over us your words. Follow. We will follow you, God. I will follow you. Yes, God. Yes, Father. If there's things in your life right now that you need to surrender, that you know are just pulling you, there are masters in your life that are taking you away from God's purpose, just right now, surrender those things. Surrender. It's worth it. I'm, you know, It's worth surrendering. It's the best journey to say, God, here I am. I surrender. I surrender.
2: You know what an awesome word. First service as Caleb was speaking, I, you know, I there was this very clear, very clear sense of what he was talking about. And how oftentimes, you know, we get saved, we become born again and, and we we okay, God, we get in our excitement even. Okay, God, let's go here, let's go there, and, and all of a sudden we're trying to tell God where we're going. Come on, come with me, let's go, come on. And 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 God's saying, No, wait, wait, wait. No, you you come follow me. And we get into this position where we're just like constantly saying, okay, God, come follow me. God, come follow me. God, come bless what I'm doing. God, come do. And God's saying, you know what? Today, you need to stop, rest in me, and follow me. And I believe there's some of you in this place. It doesn't mean you don't love the Lord. It just means that we've gotten off track. We've gotten in a place where God says, get back on. And maybe today you need to step out and say, you know what, I do need to do that. I need to submit myself to Him. I need to surrender to Him. Don't miss this moment. There's not magic at the There's not magic at the altar. But there's power in God when we respond to Him and when we step out. And this message can be something that can change your life forever. Or it can be something that you forget by the time you get home. But you leave, and the message just wants to leave us. And There's a point when you step out, and you step in, and you say, okay, I'm going to step out like God says. And this can be a forever moment that you never forget, that will never change. It will be with you forever. Because you'll remember that day when I stood against my pride, I humbled myself, and I stepped out, and I went to the altar. Let's just take a few more moments here. And if you need to step out, if you're in that situation, do it. Right now, do it. Step out and let God bless you. And if you don't need to step out, then I want you to begin to travail in prayer. I want you to begin to pray. Listen, and if you're not praying for those that are up here, you probably need to be one of those that are up here. Just the fact. Don't hesitate. Come find a place to just be with the Lord today. going to take another moment. I just feel in my spirit, there are some of you that are sitting there and you're on the edge of, uh, do I step out or not? Am I supposed to step out or not? This is the time. Stop questioning that and start responding to God. If he's called you to step out for some prayer, do that right now. Don't hesitate. Respond to God. I'm just going to give it a couple of more moments here. and I want you to take the opportunity. We're going to stay here and pray, and I know that for some you need to leave, but again, these young people will stay as long as there's those who need prayer. So if you need, want, would like, please step out and come on up. We would love to do that. For the rest of you, listen, church is not over. Church is about to begin. So when you leave these doors, you go begin to have church. Go be the church wherever you go, wherever you are. Go be the light in a community that needs you. God bless you. We love you. And again, uh, just be respectful of those who are still getting some prayer. And uh, if that's you that needs some, step out and come on.